Hey everyone, it's Brian Porter. Welcome to Tonecast number 60. Today we're going to be talking with Hank from Rattlesnake Cables. Excited for that conversation. We'll get to that in just a minute. I did want to mention, uh, just for those who are new listening, thank you so much for joining us. And as we dive into these interviews with people all over the industry, talking through this crazy virus situation, we're here to kind of shine a different light from all these angles into, uh, you know, hopefully it's an encouraging conversation. It's something that uh, we're all dealing with and we want to highlight how the music industry itself is dealing with it because there is all sorts of little nooks and crannies and issues and big big and small issues and all sorts of things that are going on right now in the industry and and we're we're a small part of this huge music industry that we all love so much and hopefully this conversation that we continue to have with all these people will be um insightful and interesting for you as well we've got some artists coming up we have more manufacturers we have all sorts of people that we are going to be having on this show throughout the next couple weeks and into the fall as well so if you have suggestions for people you'd like to hear on the show, maybe one of your favorite gear manufacturers, we can reach out to them and invite them on the show. The goal is, again, having a consistent weekly show that uh, maybe you can listen to and, I don't know, maybe take your mind off a little bit of, of the stuff, even though we're talking about how this this has affected our industry, but maybe just hear from those people who are walking through it and maybe some of your favorite gear companies and how they're dealing with this. And And for me, I know it's been an encouraging conversation even as we just had a couple of them in the last few weeks is you know we're all dealing with this whole thing and and walking through it together and and there's been a lot of encouraging moments and hey how are you doing you hanging in there can we can we do anything for you you know how can we support you that kind of thing so I'm excited for that that's been an encouraging thing for me as we as um, you know porter pickups and guitars try to navigate everything Uh, we have our own set of challenges just like everyone else. Uh, before we get into the interview with Hank today, I do want to mention again our pickup chooser. If you head to our website, you will see in the homepage at porterpickups.com, you'll see a whole bunch of information about the pickup chooser. You can fill that out. We'll send you back a personal recommendation with some different pickup options for your guitar. If you want to fill out one per guitar, that's great too. We can send you multiple recommendations for each guitar that you have. This is a way for us to write a prescription for your guitar. Basically, this set of pickups will match here based on your your sounds and your tones that you're going for, and even a little bit of information about your gear there. So we know kind of what amp you're playing and and maybe pedals and what you're trying to shoot for. A lot of people have been sending us a link to their band pages, which has been really fun, listening to their band and saying, okay, this is the sound that they're trying to shoot for, and they just got a new guitar, and how can we help them achieve that sound with a better set of pickups? So check that out when you get a chance. Um, today's guest is Hank from Rattlesnake Cables, as I mentioned in the show open. Uh, Hank and I have known each other for quite a while and walked through the uh, the industry. And, you know, we, we started uh, our business a little bit before Hank started his business, but we had been networking and knew each other before then. And, and we cover everything from meeting for the first time, you know, being internet friends and meeting for the first time at the NAMM show to how Hank and his company is dealing with all this virus situation. So I think you'll enjoy that conversation. Well, let's go ahead and jump into that conversation I had earlier today with Hank. All right. So we are here with Hank Donovan from Rattlesnake Cables. Hey, Hank, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's been quite the year. Uh, we'll get into that in just a minute. Um, I'd like to start with just having you... Um, well, first off, you are our first repeat guest on the show, so that's uh, 
Whoa. That's got to be worth something, right? Yeah, that's that's big time. Oh, it's big time. Totally big time. And and truth <laughs> be told, I was on a walk with my son this morning and, and our guest canceled. So I, I called Hank and said, can you bail me out, please? And he was happy, uh, happy enough to do that. So, but you were, so the le- fir- <laughs> you were the first. It's less per- big time now, but okay, but all right. <laughs> yeah, you were the first person I thought to bail me out. So, whether that's good or not, you know, if I was in jail, um, I would be calling you obviously to cool. to bail me out. So, I'm glad you're here. Um, and and I had thought of you in this as we started this interview series of people in the gear industry of having you on again because you and I had a lot of conversations when this thing first started and, uh, you know, met at the NAM show this year, which we'll get into some of that, um, coming up, but let's go ahead and just start with the, the formal introductions for those who, um, are from unfamiliar with rattlesnake cables, kind of let us know, uh, who you are, what you do and, uh, give your, I don't know, 30 second spiel or however <laughs> long you want to go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so, um, I own and operate rattlesnake cable company here in, Missoula, Montana. We make uh, high-end instrument cables as well as uh, mic cables and speaker cables. Uh, been at it for about eight years now, and uh, yeah, just love making gear for musicians and keeping uh, scenes going and and all that stuff. And yeah, just really enjoy it. Nice, nice. Yeah, and I, we've used uh, a lot of Hank's cables on our in our shop, and and a couple of our employees have his cables and. Highly recommend them. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a plug right off the bat here. Just uh, if you're looking for great guitar cables that are reliable. And I, I like the little weaves that you put on the cables as well because they they don't really tangle up, which is kind of like I think the like one of the most under, underrated things about them Yeah, is they don't twist up. I mean, it's like it's like the uh, the headphones for your phone. You know, they, oh, yeah. they, they end up in just massive bundles and, and your cables really don't do that, which is fantastic. Awesome. Thanks. I'm not really a, you know, move around on stage a bunch kind of guy, but uh, even with regular cables, you know, they get, <laughs> they get caught and, and it causes yep. big drop, big trouble for, for all that. But, uh, but yeah, so good, good to, uh, kind of hear that. Let's go jump. Let's do a little rewind to the beginning of this year, which feels like, uh, five years ago at this rate. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so we had the NAM show and, we did a podcast about our NAM show experience. Um, so let's jump into the fact that we, we both went to the NAM show. We've known each other. Uh, we were internet friends before that for a, a long time. And um, it's been a, a really long time, actually. And, and um, we finally met in person at the NAM show. So that was cool to not only meet you, but then kind of see, you know, your booth and, and that kind of stuff. So, so take me back, if, if you can remember what happened at the NAM show. Take me back to that experience of going to NAM. And that being your your first NAM show, yeah, I mean it was uh, quite the experience. I mean, I was there as a guest a couple of years ago, so I at least understood like the noise. So I, I knew going in how how loud and crazy and like sensory overload it would be. And but now going as with a a booth, uh, I was you know trying to prepare the team that I had about that and just the nonstop action. But you know, just like you know, just like us meeting in person, uh, I was, I kind of totally underestimated how cool it was to meet all these people that I, I deal with on the internet. It was, uh, I kind of 
just took it for granted, you know, because I'd have these, being in Montana, you're pretty isolated. I know, you know, Idaho, you, you are too, but yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's the same thing where it's like so much of my interaction has been online or a phone call that that's how I deal with people outside my little worlds. And when, when we were at NAM, I just couldn't believe how cool it was to meet dealers face to face or, you know, just like fanatical customers and, and, you know, other network gear and industry folk. And um, that was like kind of like one of the bigger highlights I took away that I wasn't even expecting. I didn't, wasn't even like really, I mean, I knew networking was going to be a thing and I, I knew all that was really important, but I just didn't expect it to be such a fun thing to talk to people that, you know, like either might've been talking to for 10 years and never met face to face or, you know, or, or someone who, bought the product I've never even met, never even talked to them on the internet or anything, but they specifically came to the booth just to talk to, you know, us and talk about the product. And that was really cool to see like the the face to face. Um, but you know, the craziness of it was uh even going in there trying to be as prepared as we were as far as just like how much standing up and how much talking you're going to do. I mean, it was still, it was, you know, it was still, you know, way more than I expected. Right. And, uh, you know, just even having your protection and stuff, I was just like, oh, man. Um, or a cushy floor. I mean, all those things that, you know, I, I was made sure we had before going into it. Even then, you know, my feet were still sore. My my ears were still ringing. Even I had earplugs in almost the whole time. Um, but, yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah, it's quite the it, same for us. I mean, I had walked the show several times and we finally decided to go and uh, I had a similar experience with uh, people coming up and saying, hey, uh, by the way, I bought something from you. And and one guy asked me if I remembered him and he bought something literally like, you know, when I was still working out of my garage, you know, probably like 11, 12 years ago. And, and he's like, do you remember that? And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't even know that we had a website at that point. I think we may have just sold something on eBay or something. I wow. can't even I can't even remember, but he was it was really cool. Same experience, like meeting dealers and all that stuff. And and so here we were at the NAM show. Things were we were optimistic. I think both of us we had a several conversations um amongst the noise, like you mentioned, but we were pretty op- optimistic about the year and kind of how mm-hmm. how things were gonna go. And we both took um, you know, pretty big risks for our businesses to go to that show financially a big risk and just uh, mm-hmm. putting yourself out there. And, and then all of a sudden uh, the virus situation ramped up from, you know, from basically zero at that point that we were yep. aware of. And then it, it became this kind of beast. And, and so maybe talk through those kind of that uh, it's probably roughly that six to eight week mark from, from after NAM and then to kind of right when the, the whole virus stuff ramped up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, you're right. As far as like optimism coming out of that show here, Rattlesnake, we were definitely super pumped up. And, you know, 2020 was going to be the year, <laughs> you know, like this is this is going to be a defining, <laughs> defining year. And, it, and I, I guess it, it has yeah, been. It has but, been uh, <laughs> the year. You're right. Yeah. You were right, Hank. We should have just listened to you from the, yeah. <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> But I remember, like, you know, right coming out of NAM, you know, we were, we were trying to, you know, follow up with our um, dealer contacts that we were making at NAM, And, uh, you know, we had a lot of irons in the fire as far as, like, guitar stores that are picking up lines. Um, we also were planning on doing all sorts of, um, you know, like we were talking about doing the Tacoma guitar show 
Um, uh, we, you know, we were working on some promo stuff for Tree Fort uh, over there in your, your neck of the woods. And um, all of those just just start, start chipping away one by one, you know, when you start looking at how Tree Fort was like our canary in the coal mines. That was like, I think, March 24th, I think it was when Tree Fort in it was like one of the last holdouts on the festival South by Southwest already canceled. Um, tree Fort was still holding on for some weird reason. And they were still like, yeah, I don't know if we even want to go to it kind of thing, you know? And when, when they announced that they're, they're canceled, um, that was quite the, uh, the blow as far as like the immediate musician tour scene, uh, which, you know, we definitely are active in and deal with a lot of people in that world. And, and it wasn't much further past that is when basically, you know, shelter in place started and those music stores suddenly closed all their doors. And, and at that point we were like, oh man, now we just lost dealers and music store items, you know, and, and that was like kind of the first, you know, what are we going to do? Like what's happening? Like, yeah. Kind of the real, you know, the, it got real at that point. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just like every business has their pillars of revenue. Like, where are you getting your money? And you can sit there and say, well, we get a certain percentage from this kind of sector and a certain percentage from that sector. And suddenly we're like, that leg's gone. That leg's gone. Like, what, you know, it was, it was just like, wow, it's, I never thought we'd lose two legs here. And, and <laughs> yeah. you're like, what happens if we lose the third one, like web sales or direct to consumer? And you're like, oh, man, I don't know what we're going to do. You know, yeah. knowing that people aren't going to be working. And um, so that was definitely a scary, scary moment, you know, to see what's how this is all going to pan out. Yeah. And you, I mean, you look at like the optimism similar. I mean, I think that's why I'm excited to have you on because I think we have similar journeys through the post NAM, like excited about, um, you know, oh, we got some like, like you, we had some potential deals where they weren't ready to make an order at NAM, but the, hey, I'll talk to you in, in May or June. Yeah. And and so the May and June obviously had passed has passed us by and nothing has happened for some of those like more long term deals because, you know, everyone is kind of frozen and they're unsure. And and that's crazy because I think a lot of times you listen to business guys and they're like, hey, you need to plan out the whole year and and this is what you're going to do and control your destiny. And then something like this happens and and whatever business plan you did have um, basically was going to need to be rewritten. Every week. Yeah. Yeah. Every week, you know, or every other day. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Um, I mean, it's that, that old thing, you know, it's like the Tyson, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. And it's like, that was our punch in the face. And people were either scrambling. I mean, the thing I, I thought I, I gained a lot out of that in a, in a weird way, as far as like getting inspiration from um, businesses that were able to pivot businesses that you know hustled and just kind of figured out how to make something work out of nothing and and trying to talk to business owners not even gear industry just like restaurants or friends of mine that own a coffee shop or or whatever and seeing how they're dealing with it and um i would frankly get inspired by them because they were being positive and um optimistic and you know very hard working versus like like, you know, oh, this is the end of the world. I'm just going to like lay down until this blows over. <laughs> right. um, it was 
it was cool to see that. And they're like, oh, those guys are, you know, I'm like, I'm glad I don't own a hair salon. And I have a friend that owns a hair salon. And I'm like, man, and, and watching her do her thing to like still get money coming in the door. I was like, oh, man, it's like it's impressive. Um, and, um, you know, it was inspiring for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about um, a little bit of that. Um, OK, the you know, the news hits shelter in place. Um, you know, here the business, our business was deemed non-essential for a period, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's fairly essential to to feed my family and take care of my employees, uh, in my mind. So we had to navigate what the non-essential designation looked like, and yeah. how that would impact our our work. And so we we adjusted. We did some like split shifts and one person in the shop at a time, and it was terribly inefficient. But we made it work for the for the time being. And um, yeah. so talk about that that kind of point when it hit. You mentioned like the you know, learning from other people, you mentioned, um, you know, kind of the positive outlook. So talk to me about kind of the, you know, at that point you're, you're left basically with your core values, right? I mean, you're left with the things that you stand on at that point, cause there's nothing else. And, uh, so yeah. talk to me about that, that journey then as we, as you went through the March and the April and the May kind of months, um, kind of what you, yeah, what so you stood ended- on. I mean, we ended up like splitting the team out. So, you know, we had to lay off some of the guys, um, my main, my main full-time, uh, guy ends up working at home with like, we basically tore apart our whole workstation workspace and split up, split it all up. So in his little, like, little apartment, he had basically a little rattlesnake satellite office <laughs> workshop. And, um, you know, every day, you know, we, we'd either drop off finished product or pick up raw material and we'd have a meeting every morning. Literally, we'd talk for like an hour between nine and ten about ideas, brainstorming sessions. Uh, also, trying to reassure that, like you know, like the business is still here. We're still moving forward, and and we're we're trying to be optimistic and and like we're in this together kind of thing. So that was great to get through there. And then I was doing. I mean, the whole music, like the whole world of music to me was just it just really bummed me out so i quit listening to music like literally i just stopped listening to music i was in my you know i was in a new band project that ended all of a sudden because of this too so i didn't even want to play my guitar anymore and uh just super just wanted to be laser hyper focused on the business and i felt like I, i can't i can't like relax and listen to music i can't i don't even want to play guitar and um so i started just going crazy with podcasts i mean like like insane and there was one podcast here in town there's a place called blackstone launchpad it's like a kind of an incubator of sorts for business in missoula and space at university of montana really smart crazy awesome people associated to that and they were doing like zoom meetings um, with various uh, business owners in town. So you had a really great variety and, and some of these business owners I'm like good friends with. So I was really, that's originally what even got me to, you know, see how they're doing from this point of view, you know? And, um, from there, I kept on watching every episode because every, every episode is because it was on zoom. Um, it was on just YouTube kind of a deal, but everyone was like, how are you, how are you dealing with COVID? Like, what are you doing to compensate for this? Or how are you addressing that? So that's one one of the first steps of like um, 
inspiration came from. Like, how are my local peers in my local town dealing with this? Even though my market, like what I sell locally here in Missoula is just really tiny, you know, really. Um, my world's the internet. So again, like bringing up this hair salon, like I don't have to worry about foot traffic and a brick and mortar to come in, but it's like to see them, to understand like some of their ideas as far, as far as like, you know, maybe you're not making money now, but you're setting the stage up. Um, there's another uh, a, a clothing boutique person. She, she called it sharpening the saw. Like let's sharpen the saw during this time. So when we are in a better position, our saw's nice and sharp, and then we can like like kick some butt. I, I also called it lining up the catapults, like to try to figure out marketing or advertising or something to figure out. Okay, if we aren't selling, how are we trying to you know improve processes here? We were doing that, like even though I had my main guy working from his home, we were trying to figure out like website processes like how do we how do we get the website to print orders better or how do we how do we do this or do that to just make sure it's like a quicker thing because we do have some downtime for that um how can we even try to reach out for other music stores so there was a lot of that preparation also that i i thought i gained from like listening and watching uh interviews and stuff but yeah that's basically where i was at that point of the and oddly enough, too, business dipped pretty hard, but our web sales started creeping up. And I mean, I'm not sure if you experienced that or not, but when I talked to dealers, you know, they were talking about like, you know, they couldn't keep focus right interfaces on the shelves and they couldn't they couldn't keep like mic cables on the shelves. And because everyone started doing home recording and like they're going to work on their quarantine album. You know, or they're going to try right. to figure out either their, their remote remote band session, you know, or their live stream on, on Facebook. And suddenly, because I started noticing, like, well, people are still buying cables. I don't quite understand why they're buying cables right now, you know. But they, they were still, it was still, like, doing okay. Um, so I was just really kind of leaning leaning into that and not, like, saying if, what they're, if people are still into buying cables, I'm going to make sure we can still sell them. Um, one of the big uh, silver linings of the whole thing, too, because of NAM, we we bumped up our inventory. So we had, you know, we because we didn't know what kind of response we we're going to have at NAM. If we we're going to have a ton of dealer orders, if we we're going to have this huge, you know, exponential curve of like products that needs to be sold. And I didn't want to be sitting there like, well, we don't have any material to make this gigantic order. So the, you know you know quarter four of you know 2019 we try to go a little heavier like a lot heavier than we normally do on plugs and our you know have you know more of our raw cable mills and all that so when all that was here in january February, march we were sitting really fat on product and that was the thing too that was nice is if we had to like buy inventory items during because you got supply chain issues i, I need a lot of people Suddenly couldn't order stuff because, you know, those places were closed down. Um, and so we were able to weather the really hard part of it with, you know, with all of our nuts in our, you know, our little hole that we were able to go through that without really having to order anything. Yeah, that's awesome. I know that uh, similar to us, I mean, I think the, the theme is definitely um, you can't sit still. And I, and I do think a lot of people in the industry uh, did sit still a little bit kind of, all right, we're going to weather this storm and 
And to me, it's like, I'm going to go fix the roof and I'm going to go, you know, make sure it doesn't leak. And I'm going to do all these other things. And we changed, we changed process. We changed, um, inventory. And, and like you guys are just kind of like, all right, what can we kind of blow up and make better? Because things are not, you know, are a little bit unknown and they're a little bit scary. And, and how can we change this for the good? And we, we did a lot more marketing things and we did more, um, you know, automated email type things. And, and it's really made a, a big difference for us. I mean, we haven't, um, you know, we, we had a really big dip in March. We were, we were basically bottomed out as a business, um, and yeah. even as a family too. I mean, there was, there was nothing left and we were like, okay, this is, this is going to be bad. Um, but I didn't want to sit in my house and worry. Um, it was kind of a perfect storm of, of a bunch of other stuff heading into that. And then, you know, oh, how are we going to make rent and how are we going to do this? And, and so we jumped in and we just said, we're going to, we're going to do what we've always done is we're going to work hard and we're going to try to work smart. And, um, you know, since then we've, we've been above average on, on every single month. Um, yeah. Just by some miracle, but we, we've been working a lot on every part of it. So we've been buying great, you know, like you guys had having inventory to make sure we can build stuff and deliver it quicker, having more stock so people can just buy it if they need it. And, and like you guys, we saw an uptick in, in web traffic because people were home and they had this strat maybe in their closet that they needed to, you know, put some new yeah. pick, pickups in finally. And what a better time when you're supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to be working remotely, but I'm finding all these people are like, you know, they have plenty of time to call me in the middle of the day and ask, how do I wire in these pickups? You know, they're, yep. they're, they're supposed to be at work, but they're not really at work, which I'm okay with, you know, if we're trying to, trying to move some product they're they're uh, on the website longer, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so it sounds like just your mentality was, um, definitely positive outlook, but then learning, um, you know, taking time during this crazy season to learn and to, you know, other people have walked through maybe not a pandemic like this, but other people have gone through a lot of stuff in, and, uh, so you, you in effect went to school, right? I mean, in, oh, yeah. in a way it's like, wow, how did this guy deal with this? And how does this person deal with this? And so do you feel like, you know, looking again, keeping the positive angle here, but like coming through, to where we're at now, obviously the situation's not necessarily much better in the music industry and things like that. But do you, do mm-hmm. you feel like your um, ability to dive in and learn has actually made the business stronger as a whole? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I always, I'm a big proponent of saying anything, you know, you get what you put into it. So I mean, if you're putting anything into it, you're getting that out of it. So it's like, you know, even if it seems like mundane or small or whatever. It's just, it's, it's like, if you, if you're putting anything into the business, you're going to, you're adding another brick to the, to the wall of building this like thing, you know? So when it comes to like learning and uh, adapting, I think is a big one. I mean, you're right. Like the fact that no one's really gone through this in our lifetime, but I mean, when you look back in history, I mean, what was it like when world war two was in full swing? You know, what was it like the Great Depression? What was it like, you know, Spanish flu? What was it like Civil War? And we're talking about economics. Right. Like, you right. know, post-Civil War, like in the middle. I mean, you might have had like this great business and now, you, you know, this, you have this war going on and you don't have a business. Um, it's, I mean, I think people go through it all the time. You just, you just always think it's never going to be you and mm-hmm. it'll never be that bad. And, and you, you know, 20 years from now, everyone will be like, oh yeah, I remember that. It's like everyone's 
stuck home for a month and that's all they're going to really remember, you know? Um, but I, I just think during these kind of challenges, you know, there was, there was, there was a couple of things in the middle of this, like in the, in the worst times I was like really trying to really see, like I, there was one podcaster that was talking about this, uh, pandemic and he says it, it shines a spotlight on where your business is the weakest mm. when you have something like this it's, it's either savings it's either like how you manage money it's either about how you're dealing with product or sales channel or something wherever wherever you had a weak point in your thing covid like made it super obvious where where the problem was because that's that's where you suddenly go oh man my sales funnel wasn't as good as I probably should have been. My website wasn't making as much money as it should have been, you know, or, you know, maybe my team, I was too, I I spent too much money on labor. My team was too big where you could barely survive, you know, didn't quite have enough oxygen to really live. And as soon as like you choke a little bit, it's like dead. Um, I was looking at in our business and trying to figure out, okay, where are the the weak points and also where the strong points is that does the same thing. Like, where you were okay on. And one of the big things I wanted to come out of it was, okay, learn from this. Like, okay, if you found this problem, like how can we fix it? So hopefully there's not going to be a second shelter in place here. Hopefully, you know, the music industry isn't going to be wiped out for three years. Um, We don't have to do this again, like in like figuring out how to scramble. So it's like, I'm trying to figure out, you get this false false sense of security right now. it feels sort of weirdly better, but it's actually way worse than it was in March. Yeah, right. You know, right. you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. there's there's a sense of fake normalcy that makes you almost <laughs> like, oh, it's not bad. You know, it's like things are coming back, and they're like, well, not really. You know, it could could back. You can get bad real fast. So I'm trying to sit there and say, okay, what were the weak points? You know, it's like you know we should have had more uh, money reserves. We should have had more. You know, I'm glad we have the inventory items, but we got to make sure we still maintain that if we have a second. I don't, you know, I want to, that was a plus. I don't want to like run into it if there's another shelter in place and now we're low on inventory. (laughs) Yeah, then you have multiple layers of problems at that point, right? Yeah, and I just like wiped out that one positive. Now it's back to a negative. So we're trying to figure out like, you know, yeah, it's, it's a, the learning part of the business is, you know, I think is really important as long as it's like you apply those lessons and don't easily go, okay, we made it through it and like we're back to normal. And you just, you forgot all the stuff that you said, oh yeah, can't let that happen again. Or we're in this bad spot because of this. Mm-hmm. You can't come back and go, okay, well, I'll just pretend that didn't happen. We're <laughs> back to normal. Like you should be fixing the hole in the in the roof that's leaking, you yeah. know, yeah. kind of thing. It's interesting how, how that becomes like a, I don't know. You're right. Something that you notice in these hard times, it, it it reveals all these like ugly spots in the business, and and you're like, okay, that is not uh, something I want to do going forward. And and I think probably, you know, like everything else. I mean, you watch like even the real estate market, for example, and when things are rolling and moving, everyone's comfortable and. It's always more, more, more. Let's gobble up all the land. Let's build all the houses. Let's raise the prices. You know, in the industry, you know, the industry was was kind of moving forward at a good pace for the last couple of years, and and things were good. People were buying a lot of guitar stuff, and you know, optimistic about these big shows and all these things. And then all of a sudden, it feels like 
there's a bit of a, like a reset button, if you will. You know, it's like, okay, now we're back to some other stage in that process. And then there is this giant unknown of, well, where's the, where's the revenue going to be flowing in and out of the industry? There's no concerts. There's no, you know, very minimal and, and basically like more places now, no gigs, you know, the bars aren't open or or those kind of things. And so like we serve a lot of customers, you mentioned the kind of indie musicians, which we'll get to in a minute, but we serve a lot of customers who are, you know, they've got the, the bar gigs and that's their gear money. You know, they play, they play a couple shows a week and that's their, that's their money to buy new guitars and cables. And, and so maybe some of the like independent musicians um, that you've talked to over the last couple of months, how are they, how are they hanging in there and kind of what's their uh, thoughts on everything? Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's brutal. I mean, so it's like, I, I always look at like the, the groups of musicians are like different tiers because there's like, you know, like I would consider myself as like, like a hobbyist musician where it's like, you know, you're in a band, you might go on tour, you might do some stuff, but it's like, really it's it's not like the goal to make it big and it's not a goal to like make it a career it's just like really just to do art and like to to do something that's fun and you enjoy it and you do it with like other people and you form a band and you have this like band thing so there's there's that group um then then i call like the semi pros which are like you know they might for the most part only make money from gigging out at uh um uh breweries or coffee shops or they might be in a couple bands too and then you know you keep going up to like you know the touring bands or the big bands and it's like you know we have customers that fit you know the full spectrum of this and they're you know people that i totally deal with on a regular basis and you know i have friends in each one of those groups and and to see like every single one from like top level pro dudes like now have no work and you know they're just sitting on savings or they're trying to do like you know patreon or trying to uh do lessons that kind of stuff you know or trying to work on their social media channels and stuff showing how to play their hit songs or whatever to you know the road crew i i deal with a lot of those folk too or you're just sitting there saying you know, I, I had guitar tech friends that, I mean, that's all they do is they, you know, hop from one band to another, they tour, you know, 300 days a year. And that's all, that's all they've been doing for 15 years. Uh, now they don't have work, you know, all the way down. I mean, it's just the only ones that are, I feel like what everyone is either doing is either upgrading their gear for when it's time to time to do their thing. Like, it's also like, if you're a touring musician, you, you had your whole tour rig, you know, get thousands of miles of grime on it. And it's like, it's all kind of this sort of hanging in there. This is a good time to like re-cable up and maybe change a pedal or two, you know, new pickups in a guitar, that whole thing. It's like, I, I could see a lot of that. And then hopefully that'll all turn around when the, when the road opens back up for them. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just like a, it's, I've never thought of like a, a total wipeout of an entire group. And that's the thing when you're talking about NAM too, like things picking up. I think that's one thing that's kind of interesting. We talked about this before. It was like it affected everyone. So it's like it's an equal. When we look at like Fender cables, well, I mean they they got affected just as much as I got affected. And, and you know, every pedals, amps, guitars, pickups, mics, all, all everyone got affected at the same time 
with the same thing. And I think that's kind of like an interesting equalizer as far as like, you know, it wasn't like one, you know, suddenly it's just the guitar market that got affected. But drums are good, you know, yeah. or, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, or, you know, PAs are still good, but no one's bought a guitar in two years. You know, it's not like that. Um, so with it all being equalized, I feel like, OK, that by having that, there is to me like an optimistic like, oh, it, it should all slowly come back, like kind of like the way it, it was assuming you know like how everything's kind of opening back up but the whole foundation is music and people seeing bands live and on tour and like kids making bands in their basement and it's like it all this flowing thing ecosystem um yeah but that's where it starts is the you know the kid who just wants to play guitar and yeah. they got to be inspired because they got to go to a show and say, wow, I want to play guitar like that person on stage. <laughs> yeah. I want to be in a band. That's true. It's, it, it's, it is, you're right. It's kind of that like, well, now the kids, some places the kids can't get together and, and play together and they can't be in those bands. And you're right. They, they, there's no shows to go to, to be inspired. And, and I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, as it progresses kind of maybe, you know, since since we're both kind of in this same spot of like looking forward, but we don't really know, you know, like the whole planning thing we talked about earlier is like we don't really even know kind of how how we even progress necessarily. But all we know is that we need to continue to build good products and and keep marketing and keep uh, pushing and, and growing and changing. But where do you kind of see the industry going uh, at this point as, as things still are a bit uncertain, obviously, and, and more uncertain maybe in different parts of the country. But uh, where do you see kind of the industry going in, in the next uh, maybe six months or so? Well, I think recording, I think recording is still going to be, you know, I think the bottom line is if, if you're not in a touring band and you're not, you know, playing in basements with your buddies, that everyone's like, I'm just starting to see it in my own, like, friend circle. I mean, everyone's working on their own solo thing. I mean, they're like firing up Pro Tools and like making, creating art. And, you know, they might be doing, um, I mean, I even have friends that are like doing like the whole Pro Tools backing track of like guitar or drums and bass and all that. And then they're playing guitar and singing on a live stream on Facebook. And, you know, people are watching that stuff. And um, I feel like that's going to be a big thing for a while is like figuring out, okay, how do I make music? How do I get it out there? So I feel like that's going to be a thing. I also kind of been seeing little glimpses of uh, like, you probably even seen people talking about like those, like playing a live show to drive in kind of. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kind I've of seen a thing. Of those. You know, I think that could be probably because like here we have a, a minor league baseball field and they're they're even doing movies there but like everyone's sitting on picnic blankets and they're like 10 feet apart in the whole baseball field and there's i don't know it's probably only like 50 little blankets probably in the whole thing probably not even that watching a movie at home plate you know and i was just like maybe that could be a thing you know maybe there could be shows like that where suddenly it's you know big outdoor space lots of distancing maybe i don't know but, you know, we're getting, you know, we're mid, we're going to be midsummer here pretty soon. And we're going to get into fall and winter. And what's that going to be like? And so that's six months. 
Yeah. Be, you know, and we'll be back into that. So right. yeah, and, <laughs> that and, takes that takes that out of the loop. Like no one's going to watch, you know, concert in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be kind of um, cool. Maybe yeah, everyone's maybe. on skis or something and then you do it that way. Uh, but, but I feel like like some live stuff's got to happen a little bit. I just think it's like, you know, the greasy little bar, you know, that little sweaty little place where it's just like crazy music. It's like the place I love to like go check out music like that is not going to. That's not going to happen for a while, I feel like, you know, but yeah, yeah. I, it's the only place I can think of, like either bedroom warriors, like I'm just going to be playing guitar no matter what. Uh, I mean, I recently started playing guitar again and, and uh, I've been thinking about like Pro Tools and, you know, like I got to get an interface and maybe, uh, maybe I will work on a little solo album of sorts or something. I don't know. But it's like, I'm feeling the itch that I need to create. Um. So I I just feel like if you can't do it with a band, you got to do it somewhere. Um, but yeah, how about you? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. Kind of uh, you know back to a little bit of the Nam conversation because throughout the last you know few months they were like, are you going to go to the Winter Nam show next year? And and now mm-hmm. it's kind of just like as we get further and further through the summer, it's like I'm not sure that's going to happen. I'm not sure that show is going to happen. If if it does, it's going to be severely limited in numbers and how do you show a bunch of people a product that's like touch and feel kind of thing. Yeah. And and so just looking forward, it's like, well, if we can't do this, what can we do? And so we're looking at a couple different things coming up. I can't really share too much yet, but just a few changes to some of the things with the product line and opening up some new, new revenue streams and new price points and things like that, that we can, we can adjust because as, as more people are, you know, trying to figure things out, I've found that, you know, they're not spending the same as they have before, where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, people are, are starting to buy more and more like Squires and, and Epiphones. And these are the customers that are talk, talking to us. They're like, well, I kind of wanted a Les Paul, but maybe I'll just get the Epiphone and then put in a new set of pickups or, or yeah. pay for a refret or, you know, a, a full setup or something. And, and, and people are starting to be a little bit more practical. I found with their gear purchasing, I think before it was kind of a little bit wild west, maybe, where it was like, yeah, I think things will be fine. You know, my job's intact. Yep. I can just move forward, and no big deal. You know, and and now it's like, well, I think the industry's going to be that way for a little while. Even people I know who who I know that they've got the money are like, yeah, I'm just kind of holding off for a second. So all of a sudden, people are maybe a little bit more uh, responsible than they were in the past, <laughs> you know, we were, we were all like, everyone was kind of just pulling out the credit card and going for it. And now they're like, well, let's just see, you know, let's wait a little bit longer. Um, so I know, I, um, I know like, uh, the touchy feely thing is like important, but I'm curious if that's going to be a thing like with Nam, like I wonder if there's going to be some kind of virtual, I've been starting to see like more and more virtual trade show kind of stuff, not necessarily with items that are touchy and feely, you know, like I've seen like service related, like even like technology related virtual conventions that are online that are happening. Um, Yeah. Maybe you're recording like a, your product spiel that you would be telling everyone anyways. And then you're like, here's our newest cable and here's our newest set of pickups or whatever. Yeah. Or I'm wondering if it's like you could almost do it like uh, some kind of a live event where people can talk to you live. Oh, yeah, that would, you know, be, that would or, be cool. Or, or something. I don't know. You know, I, I just feel like 
I mean, definitely winter NAM is not going to happen. I mean, there's just no way. I can't imagine it. Um, but yeah, I'm always just curious, like, okay, like what's the shift? Because I mean, frankly, for an industry, for all the industries out there, it's, it's, you know, you need to be able to have to get eyeballs on whatever you're doing. So, I mean, there's so much money that's like being lost by, you know, organizations that can't suddenly do those trade shows. I mean, I'm talking about like a NAM organization, you know, that's like, it's just such a machine there to like maintain all that. And then like to just have like, okay, you lose summer NAM, okay, you lose winter NAM. It's like, at some point you have to figure out like, okay, what's the best, what's the, what is something that we can do that brings, you know, potential buyers and like builders and all that into some kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's like about adjusting, but I don't think any of us have thought about adjusting this much. You know, it's like, it's one, it's one thing if, you know, oh, the venue down the street closed. And so now I can't go meet bands there. Well, it's like now all the venues are closed and how does that, what does that look like? And, and all that. And I think, you know, it's going to take some time. It seems like everything is going to take some time. I watched the, you know, the whole issues with all the different sports trying to come back and, and how challenging yeah. that is. And it, you know, in a way, in a way that's the same thing as concerts. It's an event people go to totally. and how they're trying to deal with what that looks like. And, and talking to arena guys here, they're, they're like, what is a socially distant concert really going to look like? And we need this many butts in the seats and we, we can now only do every four chairs or something like that. And mm-hmm. what would that be? And what would the revenue be? And who takes the cut? Do the venue take the cut or does the band or does everyone take a little bit yeah. less, you know, and, and how, and then that, what's the liability? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, if someone gets sick at this thing, even if you did all this stuff and then there was still a, you know, a breakout that happened out there. Yeah. I think the sports thing is probably your best barometer. Really. If you start seeing like how sports, or introduced back into, you know, our daily lives again. Is I, I would assume that music is probably going to follow, you know, follow behind it. Because yeah. I feel like the sports is probably a higher demand. I would guess I, I could be totally wrong, but I just feel that probably more more people are into watching sports as a whole. But I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, you hope that you hope that they can figure out a way to safely make things work, and and that's a good sign for. For the music industry, which we're all hoping is kind of the the next step, I think for sure. Yeah. Um, maybe one last question here before we uh, finish up here, but um, kind of uh, somewhat tied into that is where do you see uh, Rattlesnake going as a company? Have you had any major revelations through this, or kind of uh, kind of what's you, what's your outlook on the next couple of years for for your company? I mean, I'm definitely optimistic and I'm definitely positive. So I feel like, you know, the old, like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I mean, I, I feel like as a business, as a, you know, even as myself making decisions, I feel like getting through this challenge um, has given me a little bit more confidence even and a little bit more drive to say like, okay, it's like we, we can do this. And um, I just feel like the focus is going to take us to, you know, hopefully another level. I'm always just trying to figure out how to level up. So that's, that's how I'm always like kind of viewing the business is like, just how do we get to a tier? And then when you look back, you can see like how many tiers you've, you've come 
but it's while you're in that position, it feels like you're not going anywhere, you know, like you feel like you're in the same spot. So it's yeah. like the, the tier in front of you is so far away and unachievable. But when you look back, you're like, wow, look how far we came. But, um, you know, that's that's all I'm really trying to focus on. What's the next what's the next milestone? Um, you know, still try to do the best project we can do and, um, you know, keep developing the team that we have. It's awesome. And um yeah, I, I don't know. I just I just feel like growth is I feel optimistic. I feel like we're really gonna take it to the next level when the when you know this blows over and we can really kind of like spread our wings and spend some money and do some fun things and all that. Yeah, that makes sense. And so I guess as we close here, uh, where can people find you? Just go ahead and give your spiel of uh, websites and social media links and we'll also put those in the we'll put your website in the uh show notes description here cool. as well yeah you can uh you can find us at rattlesnakecables.com um and we're on instagram and facebook all that good stuff just rattlesnake cables um and yeah we're there awesome well thanks so much hank for being on the show today it was good to have you and catch up a little bit it's nice to hear that uh things are are moving at least some kind of direction and they're not just standing still that's always <laughs> that's yeah. always the better place to do to be is just be moving right Totally. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for being on the show today. All right, man. Thanks. All right. So that was my conversation with Hank from Rattlesnake Cables, and we'll put the links to his website down in below. Great cables. Love uh, his perspective and his positive attitude that he shared with us there. You can check us out at porterpickups.com. You can also check out porterguitars.com. Thanks so much for listening.